Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. My name is Devin Morris. Today our passage comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. Kind of a long section here. So we're going to go ahead and read it and we'll, we'll get some application. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for forty years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For if we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end, as it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, for who were those who, pre- who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were dis- disobedient? The first six verses of chapter 3 introduce a section that runs through chapter 5 and verse 10 and it's really just you could you could title it the high priestly character of the son and it's just about how christ is the best the ultimate high priest so the first six verses of chapter 3 is uh, comparing jesus to moses and showing and kind of uh, emphasizing the faithfulness of jesus then you get into really the last half of verse 6 all the way through chapter 4 and verse 14 and you have a kind of a small section within this bigger section and it's uh, it could be termed the urgent need for the hearers to be faithful as well so not just jesus needs to be faithful but we need to be faithful as well and this is all well and good because this is if if you remember the past couple weeks us talking about the book of hebrews Hebrews is a sermon. You need to look at and read Hebrews as a sermon. When you do that, you're going to see, uh, well, one, there's a lot of tips for preachers on how to preach and how to formulate a, a good sermon. Um, naturally, there's different types of sermons, and different sermons are useful in different situations. This is a good type of an exhortation sermon, but what he also does well is just weaving themes throughout because this idea of Jesus being our high priest was introduced in chapter 2. Well, now the, the the preacher is going to bring it up again and expound on it. He's introduced you to the idea. He made the claim. Now he's going to expound on it. Well, part of this discussion of Jesus being our high priest, and he's so faithful, is that now you in turn, you hearers of this word that I'm bringing you, you too need to be faithful. So our section started off with a pretty long quote, and it was from Psalm 95. Uh, which is funny. I, I forget that Psalm 95. We have two different songs 
um, modern songs that we've taken from Psalm 95. And I love when we have songs that are just straight scripture. I love when we do that. Um, I have a really hard time connecting with the other other types of songs. But this is the beginning of Psalm 95 is, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Come, let us sing with joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud. If you remember that song, you get into verse 6 and 7. You have, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So we have those two songs that make up verses 1 through 7 of Psalm 95. But what we were quoting in Hebrews 3 was from the last part of 6 and following. And it is referring back to the people uh, who, who abandoned him, who were not faithful. So Psalm 95 talks about how great God is, all the wonderful things he's done, how we need to worship him. Now don't be like those people who are disobedient. We get a similar function of, of this passage being used in the in Hebrews, where they're talking about Jesus' greatness, his faithfulness, and then you're going to get, now don't turn away. There is somewhat of a uh, Trinitarian proclamation being made in Hebrews, if, if Hebrews is meant to mimic what Psalm 95 is doing. So, really cool how the Hebrews writer is using it. Verses 12 and 13. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. There is a nice play here. There is a really good kind of paradoxical uh, idea of outside forces pulling and pushing you, and then you making your own decisions. In verse 12, hey, be careful, because you might have an unbelieving heart that that might lead you to fall away from God, so you need to turn it around, is in a sense what, that would, what the follow-up statement would be there. In verse 13, okay, now you need to be exhorting each other every day, just in case, to, to, to protect one another from the deceitfulness of sin, which could lead you away. There are forces that are working against you. It is up to you to make right decisions. There's a really good play between what is out of your control and what is in your control. We do not get to determine what what sins provoke us, what sins we are deceived by. We, we don't get to pick those. We do get to choose how we react to those things. I do not get to choose if I suffer with depression or anxiety but I can choose how I respond to that depression and anxiety. I do not get to choose if lust is my sin. I do not get to choose if greed is my sin. I do get to choose whether I look at pornography. I do get to choose whether I am so focused on obtaining money, uh, if I'm gambling. I do get to choose those things. There is a balance here. Things are not completely out of our control. But at the same time, we don't have full control over everything. There is a vote of confidence here in verse 14. For we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Confidence is a word used several times in Hebrews. It is somewhat synonymous with hope. We have a confidence. We have a hope 
In Hebrews 16, those words are, are tied a little closer together. And so the last part of, of our section just reaffirms or, or reaccentuates uh, the people that were with, were with Moses, who had this leader, who was, in some senses, a faithful leader, who was giving a good example. But those people in, instead turned away. Even though they had this really strong, capable leader, they turned away, and because of their disobedience... They weren't able to enter into the promised land. There's a direct correlation here. We remember at the beginning of this chapter, there was a comparison between Moses and Jesus. Jesus has been faithful. Jesus has been perfectly faithful. Now it is still up to you to be faithful as well. If you are not faithful, you're going to suffer the same consequences as these Israelites who are in Egypt. So they had a faithful leader, but they turned away. You have a faithful leader. So please do not turn away. That's what you're going to see throughout Hebrews. Three or four times, it turns to, okay, now that you've heard my argument, don't fall away. Don't be disobedient. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Keep trudging. Keep working. Keep pushing through life in order to reap your inheritance, in order to gain your promises. Don't stop. Don't stop moving. Don't stop pushing. This is, man, this is one of those sermons. This has got to be, you know, when they get this in the synagogues and people open it up to read it to everyone, this is an empowering letter. Because throughout it, it's not, again, it's it's not, you know, you're doing this on your own. You're, you're having to push forward by your own efforts. Man, there's this emphasis of Christ being our mediator, Christ being our high priest, Christ being our advocate. The Spirit is with us. We have the power of the Spirit it's we're not doing this alone when we decide to live faithfully jesus comes right alongside to forgive to have mercy to show us grace the spirit comes right alongside us to give us power to give us control to help us to love it is by god's grace we're doing this but it is our decision there's a beautiful paradox a beautiful way that god has decided to set up our reality I pray that you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine and sincere ways this week. Peace and love.